Hey everyone, Jeff here. I know you're asking yourself, where's our funny little medical advice podcast warning? Um, but we decided to do something a little bit different this episode. So at the time of this recording originally, which was about four years ago at this point in time, a lot has happened since we recorded, but at the time of recording, um, the veterinary community was suffering some major losses um, due to suicide. And so at about the 55 minute mark, Katie and I segue into a conversation about suicide. Um, to be honest, we were a little bit self-conscious when talking about it. Neither of us are mental health professionals. And so we were unsure if we should really be, we, we just kind of felt self-conscious about it. So um, ultimately we decided it's best just to talk about suicide um, and even delve into what makes us uncomfortable. Um, and so we decided to keep it in, but that being said, if you aren't in the correct mental headspace, or if you're just don't want to talk about that, we have our conversation around the 55 minute mark and, um, it lasts for about 10 minutes. And so, um, if you would like to skip ahead, uh, again, that's at 55 and then jumping ahead to the hour and six minute. It's a very long episode apparently, but um, yeah. So hopefully you enjoy the episode and uh, thanks again for listening. Welcome to DVMT, a podcast where two quote-unquote veterinarians... Oh. I was... Holy shit, you haven't memorized? No, no, I pulled (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I messed it up. I was so impressed. (laughs) No, I don't have it memorized. Okay, we have it. Welcome to DVMT, a podcast where two quote-unquote veterinarians discuss their reality TV counterparts. I'm your co-host, Jeff. And I'm Katie. And today we're <laughs> going to talk about Season 1, Episode 1 of Love and Vets, titled A New Leash on Life. But before we do that, let's catch up. What's up? What's up, girl? <laughs> How you been? <laughs> How you mama and them? <laughs> Waiting on this episode yeah. to drop. Yeah, just on bated breath, probably. Uh, I've been good. What have you been up to? Well, as always, just very busy in the clinic. We actually have picked up quite a bit. It is calf time, so calves are hitting the ground left and right. Am I, sorry, am I boring you? <laughs> You're just going through your billfold right now. <laughs> I had my uh, ID card, school ID card out, and if I don't put it back in the spot that it normally belongs in my wallet, I will lose it. And I think you have to pay $25 to have it replaced, so I'm, like, very paranoid about losing it. It is expensive. And then you can't get into the building. Exactly. Which, hmm. Not a bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we recorded... Uh, maybe two years ago. It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, it was. It's a while ago. 
Um, some Super Bowls happened. Are you? Was it really that? It was long super. Ago? Yeah. <laughs> it was the Super Bowl weekend <laughs> that we recorded because we just instead of talking about the Super Bowl, we talked about all the food we would. Oh, be making in your air right. fryer. That it is all coming back to me now. Yeah. It's all coming back. <laughs> we can't afford to pay for yeah. this. <laughs> Maybe I'll come up with different words. I think our vibe is off a little bit because it's a late night recording. Yeah, this is, it is about 8 p.m. on a Friday and that is normally my bedtime. Yeah, it's so. way late and it's not like a blizzard. That's so. true, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely a little slap happy right now, so I think, I think this is going to be fun. This is going to be wild. Hang on to your butts. Oh, what I do blew the... that. I blew that. Hold on to your butts. What did you say? Hang on to your butts. Oh. It's wildly different. Well, you keep saying wildly, and is that the, um, is it the Gen Zs that say we be wild in? <laughs> I... I didn't even realize I was saying wild a lot. I, I think that saying we be wild in is the current... It sounds really natural from hip. your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just, I believe it means to be having fun. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> I like to, uh, in a conversation, just leave no one any way to segue to a new topic. Yeah, you need to yes and people. <laughs> You're just no and people. We love a good no and. Good. <laughs> what have you been up to at work? Uh, about 12 different projects at the same time. So I've been really busy, but I don't think I've completed a full task in like several months now. Uh, so... Leaves a really good feeling. Yeah, yeah, just kind of, like, perpetual anxiety, which I really enjoy. I'm about that. Um, I have been... I, I think we talked about this, uh, in person, uh, that I've been trying to avoid putting notes in my phone because it stressed me out that my phone was then constantly giving me calendar alerts of things to do. And so I've started mostly writing things in my planner that stays at work, but then I also have been utilizing a lot of sticky notes. And just today I finally sort of like actually looked at my desk and realized how many sticky notes there were. And I didn't actually like go through and see if I had accomplished anything. I just put all the sticky notes into a pile and pushed them into the corner <laughs> of my desk so that I didn't have to see them like all scattered about, but so that's where I'm at. I'm just kind of like hiding my tasks from myself instead of actually doing them. You made a little rat nest. Yes. I appreciate yes. it. Also, I'm glad you stuck through that story as my neighbors noisily did laundry. <laughs> I think they might just be like bringing a body into the basement. Or it something. really does sound like that. Yeah. This is a great segue. So I told you that my internet like was gone for a week or I yes. didn't have it for a week and as we kind of know with tasks in my life that I'm really bad about getting like my car fixed and those sorts of things. Who was, needs tires? Who needs the internet? So I finally got the internet guy out to come look at it and he comes in and is like I think I found the problem it looks like one of the wires out there was cut and so my mind instantly was like, who is trying to kill me? 
like, is this a long con? Like, people cutting the, like, power to the house to... I was like, who's casing the place? Who doesn't want me to have my Alexa to yell, like, call 911? Alexa, call 911. No, she's not. My Alexa might do that. She's good. She's fine. Apparently, she doesn't really care that much. You might want to make her a little bit more sensitive to that request. But maybe this is the the lack of internet's help. So, anyway, he, he told me someone had cut the wire, and that's where my mind instantly went. And then he finished the sentence and just said, it was probably... Like, one of your neighbors potentially not getting uh, or transferring internet services. And so whoever they called, either they did a crappy job cutting service, literally just cutting the cord. Or, like, maybe they decided that they were like, I'm done with Mediacom. And just cut cut it and then I ruined my that. wire. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of done with Mediacom, too. <laughs> Because they also left me an appointment window. I asked them to come out, and this is part of the reason why it took so long. I asked them to come out, and they're like, okay, here's an appointment. We have one tomorrow. It's from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> so I'm just supposed to sit around for that amount of time? They're like, yes. All day. Yeah, all day. It wasn't quite that exaggerated, but it was literally like 8 to 1. And... It's always ridiculous, and I feel like very, very, very rarely can they say that they'll call you, like, just call me when you're leaving the previous call, or even call me when you're getting to the call before mine. Yeah, so I have some sort of heads yeah. up. But then it's like, so I finally had one that was 5 to 7, and I luckily was here yeah. for it. To find out that someone may or may not murder me. I... I think that's most likely a real dream come on. true. Is yeah. that what you're about to say? <laughs> well, I'm just I sorry my the wheels are spinning because I feel like we're close enough that I would definitely be interviewed on Dateline. Oh yeah, you might find the body. Yeah. What do you want me to say about you? Um, tell them all the lies. <laughs> he really lit up a room. <laughs> His smile didn't terrify anyone. <laughs> Babies loved him. Uh, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, start planning, because I think it's just imminent. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be the greatest gift you could give me, is me getting to be on Dateline. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> now you keep looking at your Alexa, and I'm concerned. <laughs> I just wanted to do something. <laughs> I don't know why. Jeff, how was your week? I feel like you, you did come to visit me a couple of times in my office, but... I don't really remember what you said to me. Yeah, I mean, you're so busy having so many visitors. No, mainly you just did that to get away from the students. Hey, students that are listening, I love you. But yeah, we've been really busy. It's it's calving season, so uh, a lot of calves, a lot of sick calves. Uh, We're doing our best, okay? (laughs) (laughs) My boss uh, recently had to step out to do a lecture or something like that, and so... She said she was going to call me with something, like when she had something, I don't know. Um, So I gave my students my phone to hold because I was doing something else. And I was like, hey, just let me know if I get any texts from my boss. They're like, okay. And so I was doing, it was a foot trim, so I was trimming feet. And I turn around like, hey, do I have anything on my phone? And they they pull it up and look. And I could see the screen from afar kind of. And they kind of gave me this look. I was like, oh, no, that's just my Pokemon Go notification. (laughs) (laughs) and they're like yeah (laughs) i mean the pokemon go thing i can never decide how embarrassed about it i am but i did recently one of um the students that has been working in our lab it sort of 
came up organically in conversation and she doesn't play Pokemon Go but she did say that they were kind of into Pokemon so <laughs> well <laughs> my students were kind of in the same thing well some of them were like you still play that game and I was like yes yeah, real cool uh and they're like no it's not but then they try to like make me feel less bad to be in like oh yeah like I know of Pokemon. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard, like, some people I mean, play it. they cannot be making fun of you. What level are you? Like, 36. <laughs> Bala. Like, do you know what kind of Pokemon master you're talking to right yeah. now? No, actually, my resident mate is, like, level 45, which is, what like, a is, new... What is her Pokemon name? Because I, I'm always curious, because I see the same ones in the gyms around the school, so are you allowed to say what her... I'm, I'm her... just going to put her on blast. Uh, she's Miltank, then. I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> it's very fitting, because it's a cow. She... Yeah, but isn't she the red team? Yeah, she is the red team, and we are blue through I, and through. I knock her out of that gym. <laughs> Every time I, I see her. <laughs> there are times where she'll text me. She's like, stop it. <laughs> and that's been Pokemon Talk. <laughs> Welcome to our Pokemon cast. I'm your host, Dr. Aliandas DV. <laughs> and I'm your co-host at Chancho Jams. <laughs> Can I, I should actually, <clears throat> if we're going to talk about Pokemon names, I do need to mention my mom's Pokemon Go name because I think it was super clever. So my mom's name is Patty, and so she made her screen name Pattymon, like Pokemon. Wow, Patty, Pattymon, <laughs> so clever. And your mom plays Pokemon Go. She used to. I think she stopped. She was. She's cooler than we are. As well, she was. I think. Or um, was she in too deep? She's she like was I in, spent she was all of your college deep. tuition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get them coins. I actually, it's funny because another friend of mine, their mom was really into it because they could reach uh, Pokestops at their like their desk at work, and so she was just like crushing Pokemon Go. Just spinning just, stops just all day. Up. You know, I've thought about like, I'm like, what if I trying to buy a house and then ask the realtor, but how many pokey stops are I, So I have been very addicted to Zillow lately. Like it just is so much fun for me to go on and I like to see the insides of people's houses. And when I came over here and realized that you're always around all these raids where other people are actually participating in them, I thought, all right, this is going to... Like, factor into the equation <laughs> if and when we buy it. a house. <laughs> this is where I belong. <laughs> I need to be in the big city. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like most people want to kind of get away from campus town, but I think probably you want to be near campus town where more Pokemon Go players are going to be. You got to think about those mons. <laughs> I'm always thinking about those mons. <laughs> Not Pokemon Go related, but you did tell, you, when you said you like to look at the way other people's houses look on the inside, apparently, uh, one of my students was talking about how she's, like, addicted to that too, but she doesn't do it on Zillow. <laughs> she basically drives around neighborhoods at night and then waits for people to turn their lights on. <laughs> this sounds like she's a peeping dog. <laughs> But she basically just drives in a neighborhood and, like, as she drives by a house, like, looks 
through the windows to see if she can see what their house looks like. Because, you know, people, if you, right. it's dark outside and people turn their lights on, you can see inside. And she's just, she says it, it's to look at the houses, but I'm like, you're pretty close. That's how it starts, I think. Right, right. It's called escalation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely, if I drive by a house and I can see in, I'm going to look. Because I am, I'm just fascinated by, like, the decor choices that people make. It is astounding to me, really. Like two Christmas um, I stockings. I did say that while I'm looking at two Christmas stockings that don't even match. I'm going to say they're sound buffers right now. Oh, that's a good, yeah. I do really like the cable knit one. My stepmom gave me that oh, one. it's very nice. And then my boss gave me the other one. It's, that one's pretty cute. Cute little deer. But what I... What did your boss get you? <laughs> we'll circle back to that one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do love looking in people's houses, but I feel like I'm not a good enough driver to, like, get a good look and not also, like, sideswipe any cars that are parked on the side of the road to do that just by driving. So Zillow is, like, the safer option that, for me. It is less likely to get arrested doing, yeah. doing that. Right, right. Although, I don't know, maybe I'll do some of that when I leave here tonight. Where, where do we go from here? If you're looking for an update on my car, because uh, I think feet? I think everyone is just very curious about my endeavors. No, it's not a good thing. So I previously broke the door handle during the winter time. I don't know if I told you that. I think it just got too cold, and when I grabbed it, it just like snapped in half. But it was still kind of usable, so it wasn't a big deal. Two days ago, I go out to my car and grab. The part of the handle that I can grab to oh, no. open the door and it just rips out of the actual door itself. So now I am handleless on my driver's side door. However, I did discover this trick a few years ago that if I accident or if I hold down the unlock key on my key fob, um, though for like thirty seconds or something like that, both the front windows roll down. And so now I use that, I thought that was useless when I first discovered it, because most people are like, I have a remote start, and I'm like, I have a way to roll my windows <laughs> down. Um, but now I can use it to open my door from the inside. Okay, I just kind of burglarized my I own car. I do need you to know that I imagined you climbing through the window <laughs> to get in. It never even occurred to me that, that could you open could just door. open the door from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I can I can open the door, but I have considered just NASCARing it and just trying to jump in. That's pretty funny. My old so the current vehicle that I have, um, the way that the fob and everything is like it's for the Hummer that you drive. Exactly, yeah, the twenty twenty one Hummer that I drive. <laughs> um, it's pretty difficult. I think it's possible, but you would have to be like trying to lock your keys in your car because it can sense like when the fob is near. Um, but my old car uh, was not fancy enough to have any of those features. And so I kind of had this phase where I locked my keys in my car a lot for a couple months. And um, I learned, though, that I could just leave. It had like a little hatch window in the back. And so I would just leave that open so that I could crawl through and get my keys. And I once had to do that in front of... Um, some professors that we went out to dinner with for a SAVMA meeting. That was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I definitely should have just, like, 
wandered around until everyone else was in their cars and left, but instead I just <laughs> shimmied through the back window of my car. Hold on real fast. Let me break into this vehicle. Um, yeah, that is... <laughs> I, it was a great feature, though, because I think anything that prevents you from actually being able to lock your keys in your car is good. Though that also meant that my car was never fully locked. Well, should we dive into the episode? I think I think now it's about time to, to <laughs> dive 24 in. hours 24 later. hours into this, um, I think we should discuss what we came to discuss. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, so uh, since we did just chat for a very, very, very long time, just a reminder that uh, on today's episode, we're discussing season one, episode one of... Love and Vets. I got confused because when I googled this show again, it, apparently it goes by a new name now. Well, if you look on Disney Plus, there's only three episodes. Yeah, of that Love and Vets. so I think it it continued, but it's called something else that I don't remember now. Um, That's good. I'm glad we did a lot of yeah. research for this. <laughs> uh, but season one, episode one of Love and Vets: A New Leash on Life. Um, so Jeff, why don't you just go ahead and in 30 seconds or less, tell us everything we need to know about this episode. Okay. Are you ready? And go. So, uh, Love and Vets is about two veterinarians, Dr. Van Tyler and Dr. Will Draper, and they're married and they love each other and they've got like two to four kids and they work in the same clinic, and, uh, yeah, I think the whole thing is that they really just love each other and see pets, and, uh, work in Atlanta, and I think they have, like, two to three, um, clinics, it seems like, and apparently they also have, like, some restaurants that they own. What? They're, like, quite the entrepreneurs. Oh, shit. (laughs) Great job. Thank you. Okay, they own restaurants? Oh, yes, I think... Is this coming back to me now? We watched this episode like three weeks ago. It has nothing to do with the actual episode. Um, I think the second episode they mentioned that they're hosting something at one of the restaurants they own. Oh, gotcha. And then when we told Anna we were doing this episode, it seems like she did a little bit of research. She's so good at her job. She's so good at this. (laughs) And we don't pay her at all. (laughs) She's so good at her volunteer position. I was like, I don't think we could call it a job. If you don't get paid. One of these days, Anna. Um, Someday when we make it big. We'll pay you at minimum wage. <laughs> uh, yeah, but she had mentioned that they had two restaurants. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because I was a little confused about like the multiple clinic thing that was happening. Because there were at least two on this episode. Yeah. Right? But it didn't show them at the other one. But they, they said that they yeah, owned had, it or okay. worked at it. And so I was kind of confused on if Vic were like a, a chain or something. Right, right. A chain restaurant. A chain. <laughs> Do they just work out of a chili? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a red lobster, yeah. <laughs> the red lob. Okay, so should we get into the actual synopsis part of this? I mean, I, that was a, a wonderful synopsis. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what else we'll expand what, on. What do the but... listeners need? Um but yeah, uh, we'll we'll go into your your live tweets about the the event that we just witnessed. All right, so you've watched this first, and you have provided us with a I think a, a great framework for our discussion. 
um, with your text, your your gut reactions to this. So we'll just go through those at the just to kind of frame our discussion. So first one is ask grab within thirty seconds. Uh, would you like to to? Yeah, I think, you know, you alluded to this in your quick 30-second breakdown that really it's kind of about the two of them being in love, but um, Dr. Will grabbed Dr. Fran's butt, like, in in the opening scene of the show, which I, I guess, you know what, if that's who they are, then they should just just go for it. But I think she also grabbed his butt too. Like, oh, I think, maybe I have think a it's, I think it's a Is lot it? of butt butt grabbing. There's a lot of butt stuff in this episode <laughs> in general. So spoilers. That's your next. <laughs> your next text is okay. I think the theme of the episode is butt stuff. Um, so I think I'll elaborate a little bit more on that part since I did take notes, um, and I'm an expert <laughs> on butt stuff apparently. So, again, they own a clinic, maybe two clinics, I think two clinics. Possibly three clinics. Maybe three clinics in a Chili's uh, <laughs> in Atlanta, and overall, like, their their clinic is very, I said super posh. It looked very up-to-date, very clean and modern, clean lines, very it slimming. It looked very nice. I loved, like, their food displays, and the their reception area was very nice looking. Yeah. And I like their logo for Oh, their, yeah, their the logo itself. was really cool. It just looked really nice. Yeah. Um, so it, I didn't catch the name of the dog, but it seemed it was, like, a family friend who... Uh, like, grew up with his kids, I think, and so they brought in their family dog, and that dog had a lot of lumps on it. One of the lumps was on its rectum. When I was in a small animal practice, there was a lot of old dogs that came in with lumps, and everyone's worried about lumps, and they want you to check it out, and so um, the best way to do that is to do a fine needle aspirate at first, which is basically poking that lump, and looking at the cells that you get, um, which they did for this pet, this dog, and one of the lumps they said was a lipoma, and mm-hmm. so that's just kind of a benign fatty tumor um, on the side, so they're like, we don't really need to do anything about that, but they were very worried about this butt lump. The butt lump did look bad. It had kind of like an ulcerated look to it, I mean, which I imagine... C- because we learn that it isn't as bad as it seems, but I imagine the dog is probably licking and chewing at it a lot because it was in a precarious location. Yeah. They're like, he's reacting to it when you touch him. Like, yeah, but you're also, like, touching his butt. (laughs) (laughs) And I I would imagine him not being a big fan of this either. Right, right. And so I think, though, what surprised me... I mean, I, I understand that in a clinic setting, you're not wearing gloves constantly but I think when you start to touch an oozing butt lump that's maybe when you put a pair of gloves on especially when the camera's around exactly (laughs) that's what I wonder too it's like really even when a camera's on you you don't think to put some gloves on though I've, I've done a lot of presentations where I'm like showing a picture of like a goat penis or something like that because I, I guess I show that a lot. That's a weird example. But that's just the one that comes to mind because I have a picture of someone, like, 
looking at the the head of a goat penis and they're just like barehanded holding, holding yeah. like, the penis and like usually we recommend wearing gloves in this procedure that's funny because yeah almost all of the if you you know for presentations and stuff for parasitology things almost everything that you find online is someone you know mixing up fecals with no gloves on and it's just it's hard to find images we've started just kind of like getting our own pictures for procedural things like that but yeah people seem to have an aversion to to gloves in general you have to like tell them to remove the ham sandwich from (laughs) right next to the fecal all that kind of goes into so they're investigating this butt lump and um, I think Dr. Will was going to go get prep for surgery, so he was getting scrubbed in, but he was having Dr. Fran do the, the FNAs, and at one point, she took the needle and syringe and bit the cap off and then poked the butt lump, and that just reminded me of, you're always taught that your mouth is not a third hand, but we had a, a French-Canadian uh, professor also tell us that it's not your third hand. <laughs> With her accent, so that's, anytime I hear that your mouth is not a third hand, I just hear turd hand, and I had to share that with everyone. I enjoy that. Yeah, and it felt very fitting with it being butt stuff, and she was aspirating butt butt lump. So, Dr. Fran was doing the initial stuff while Dr. Will was getting ready for surgery. Your next text is, they have a dedicated surgical suite. What a breath of fresh air. Um, Which is, I think, I think is very true. They had a special area for surgery, not out in the open. He was actually wearing, like, a gown, cap, mask, and gloves. Short sleeves. I mean, I didn't see any pit hair in this episode, which was nice. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... And, you know, the the appearance of a clinic isn't everything, but I think in any medical setting... It's nice to see a place that is organized and appears really clean and and just kind of set up in a in a good way. And so this definitely I I felt like this is somewhere where if if my pet were having an emergency and I walked into this place, I think I would feel pretty at ease with sort of what was going on. So And again, I think of like what we've said in the past. At least look like you knew the camera crew was coming in and maybe put on a show a little bit. Yeah, don't you have like a guest room somewhere (laughs) that you can just pile all that crap into when you know someone's coming over? Also, there was another butt squeeze, I believe, at this point in time. Because he was gowned in and he was like, can you tie me in? And she was like, boop. I forgot about that. Yeah. A little pep talk. A lot of love again. Pep talk. (laughs) So my next note, you didn't address this in your text, but I feel the need to actually bring this up. But there was a woman that came in with a stray cat and I just made a note that I need to say stop making fun of clients because she looks like someone who would just pick up stray cats off the street and they, they interview her, and she's like, I was just out feeding my strays. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, she's, like, a little old woman, but also, like, has a southern accent to it. So it just, it just added to the whole picture. And she's got this mangy kitten that she's like, and this one was so far behind. And you could tell that this woman had the background stories for all of these strays that she's oh, feeding. yeah. Like, knows their intimate, like, relationships with each other, the hierarchy within all these stray cats. 
Yeah, she was, I mean, exactly what you think of when you think of a, a cat lady. But, yeah, I was not, not at all surprised when she started talking about all of the stray cats that she takes care of. I was a little put, like, back when she, like, walked in and was like, I need to see Dr. Tyler. And was, like, demanding it almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, she was a little pushy coming in, but I think she was very worried about that kitten because yeah. that kitten wasn't doing very well. That kitten did look pretty rough, but luckily Dr. Tyler was on the case, and I think she did a good job. So they, uh, my other note was that, um, I don't know if the old lady would appreciate it, but they, they were, like, scruffing the cat, and... This, like, poor kitten, I don't think, was ever going to move. It seemed so yeah. lethargic, but they are kind of, like, scruffing it to do blood draws and stuff like that, and it just kind of... It made me think of now, like, the movement into the fear-free handling and how I actually don't know anything about that, it seems like, and I don't know how you would handle a cat without scruffing it, but apparently that's, like, uh, out of vogue now. Right, yeah. I mean... Personally, for me, I can't do any fear-free handling with cats because I am afraid of cats. Um, so I am the one with the fear. You know, I have a cat in this building right now. Yeah, I'm constantly on edge. On edge. <laughs> so you're always looking over your yeah. shoulder. <laughs> I can feel his presence. Uh, yeah, that whole concept blows my mind. I feel like it. Just, while we were... In school, it was sort of becoming more and more prominent, and I wish that I had gotten more exposure to that, but, um, yeah, because it, it seems like it makes a huge difference, but it is kind of mind-boggling that you can do anything with a cat without scruffing them. I'm like, how do you even get it out of the carrier? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I tried to be a really good worker during fourth year and, you know, never try and dodge anything, but if there was a cat that we had to get blood on I mean I would need to like go to the bathroom or something so that that wasn't my responsibility <laughs> I'm really worried about Katie this is the 12th time she's gone to the bathroom today oh. yeah no when I was on small animal rotations I feel like it was my job to try to be the cat whisperer Ooh. I wouldn't I feel like have to do any procedures on them but just like I it was my goal to be their friend yeah and so I remember one that was in like it was a blocked cat and so it wasn't able to pee and they did the surgery on him but afterwards he was there for like flushing his kidneys and those sorts of things and aftercare management everyone's like just don't look at this cat (laughs) he's very mean and I was like that'll be my new best friend so uh, I felt like I took it upon myself to try to be their best friends. And I, Is that where the scars on your face yeah, are? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm horribly disfigured. <laughs> and this is why this is a podcast and not a YouTube channel. Did you succeed? In that particular case, no. <laughs> I would say there were some other victories, though, along the way. Yeah, I do. I like cats a lot, but they, in like a cl- veterinary clinical setting, I'm very intimidated by them. Yeah. I Again, I think it would be like other people's cases that I would be like, oh, I don't actually, <laughs> I can't actually do anything <laughs> with them. I'm just going to try to be their friend. Mm-hmm. So more power to those people doing the fear-free stuff. For sure. Please teach me your ways. Or just, if you see me in the small animal hospital, just send me away. (laughs) Yeah, turn me around. (laughs) 
so the kitten comes in and it's sick and they're getting blood because they're going to do some tests and they keep calling it feline AIDS and they're also testing for uh, leukemia as mm-hmm. well. So they're doing leukemia and FIV and it was just like the most dramatic snap test. It Yeah, they, I feel like the producers really hammed it up on that one because it was a lot more dramatic than I expected it to be, but... I guess I was surprised because, I mean, if, if you're dealing with all of these stray animals, I suppose to proceed with that specific case, but I imagine that probably other cats in the group of strays that this animal is with could be positive, so. Yeah, and I remember, like, I mean, FIV cats can live for a while, mm-hmm. and, like, they can have more aggressive tendencies, but I'm pretty sure they can live for a longer period of time and have a happy, healthy life, but they're still contagious to other cats, right, or they right. can, if they're, it's like, that's the fighting one. Yeah. And they can get it. But then, like, feline leukemia, I think, is more contagious and has a worse expectancy. You're looking at me like, you can't remember this. I only <laughs> kind of remember this because I think we had a kitten die of it, like, as a tragic childhood oh, memory. Oh, sure, sure. Or that's just, like, what my mom told me, <laughs> what she remembers from the vet. Um... But, yeah, I feel like that one has a, a shorter... But I thought they could live a, a little bit longer. But I think from, like, a, a herd health perspective, if you're trying to claim that as, like, a herd itself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense as far as that. But if you could rehome it to an individual cat. Right. Yeah. But there are also a million cats out in the world. So many I think you should get another cat. I really do consider it because Palmer is the worst right now. Um, I think he's acting out because I think he's ready to be a parent. um, And I think he's ready to take on a little bit of responsibility. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm ready to pick up the slack for his lack of responsibility. What's one more? Well, it's funny that you say that because actually... I have a note to tell this story anyway, but we lived... So, like, the theme of this episode is butt stuff, that we've already come to the the hard decision that that is the theme. Um, and so, uh, the, my roommate and I... Well, that sounds like a, a weird start to this story. But uh, I lived with a roommate last year, and she had a cat who Palmer loved, and they loved each other Aww. so much... And they were always licking each other's butts. It, and so <laughs> my note to bring up was that it it was ass-eating season <laughs> all, all day, every day in that trailer because of those two. They were disgusting. So but they neat. were addicted to each other's buttholes. That's butt hilarious. Holes. Yeah. And I think, I think he's a little bit, like, still recovering from... That the loss. separation, the loss, yeah, like, and we had a, a cat here temporarily, and he didn't want anything to do with her, so he still really misses Prudence. Aww. Prudence, if you're listening, come back. Palmer misses you. It's funny also that you said hammy, the producers were hamming it up, because the next patient that we see is a pig. I was so excited. Yeah, your text, I believe, is, you're going to be so pissed. There's a pet pig 
case. Uh, yeah. He was cute. Remind me, do you have his name? Pickles. Pickles, I knew it was something adorable. It was actually very adorable. Yeah. He was very cute. The owner seemed very attached to him. I'm just going to clear the air. I'm just going (laughs) to let it out. I'm just airing it out right now. I don't hate pigs. (laughs) (laughs) I am just a little burnt out on them. So... And I've had a lot of traumatic experiences with <laughs> pigs. So I did my internship at the University of Tennessee, and a lot of their food animal caseload is, like, pet pigs. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't had any pig experience in vet school. Not a lot of pet pigs in Oklahoma. Not a lot of pet pigs in Oklahoma. And then I moved there, and it seemed like it was a requirement to live there that you had to own a pet pig. But then also, to not have any money to pay for pet pig, uh, like, veterinary care or just know really anything about pet pig ownership. And so we would get these real tragic cases of super dehydrated, oh, they haven't been eating for a week, or... Oh, we've been feeding them dog food, which has, like, way too much sodium in it for them to handle. And so we'd get basically these little raisin pigs that needed IV fluids. Now I want a little piglet named Raisin. (laughs) Um, It'll be, like, a very fitting prophecy because I know you're just going to feed them dog food. (laughs) Um, But we'd get these really sad cases. And also, pet pigs are really hard to work with. Um, they're really hard to get blood from. They're hard to do anything on uh, without doing any sort of sedation. So mm-hmm. it just becomes instantly more expensive to do veterinary care because you have to add on sedation and anesthesia on top of everything mm-hmm. else. And I, so I also had pet pig cases when I was on my food animal rotation and it's, very awkward for the owners to have this animal that is it's their pet and yet they are being seen in the food animal hospital so they don't really appreciate sort of the environment that they're in so it really it creates like kind of just a very awkward situation from the very beginning yeah and it it it's weird in general too because legally like Mm -hmm. in the eyes of the law they are a, a pork product, or they don't differentiate between, like, Vietnamese potbelly pigs and then your, like, typical production pigs. Mm-hmm. So they're all pork, and so that is why we have they're to see them. They're all delicious. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I would ever eat a potbelly pig. They don't seem very delicious no, at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and so it does provide for a weird environment mm-hmm. because... We have to legally disclose withdrawal times for their their products, or like if we give them any sort of medication, mm-hmm. all of those typically have a withdrawal time before we were allowed to slaughter them for human consumption, and so we have to legally put that in our paperwork, even though we know they're not going to end right. up in the right. the food chain, but it's still something that we're required to do. So that's also off-putting for a lot of right. owners. They're like, I'd never do that. And yeah. I'm like, I understand that, but... Legally. Legally, we have to do that. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and so, also, <laughs> another part of my tragic story, again, 
Never worked with pigs before coming to UT. Go to UT. First week I'm there. Um, I think it was, like, still during... It was, like, the afternoon after, like, oh, a day of orientation. Oh, no. So it was, like, my last day of orientation. And they're, like, you can go out to, like, your rotation that you're on and, and see what they're doing. And so I get there and they're, like, we don't really have any anything going on. Field service got called out to um, a pig spa, but it turned out to be, like, three pig spas and, like, 11 castrations. So they would, like, all hands on deck. And so the resident was like, hey, do you want to come with us? We're going to do these things. I was like, sure. And so we get there, and it is just kind of, like, utter chaos on this property. <laughs> uh, we step out of the car, and the clinician that's there um, is coming to, like, draw up more, like, sedation drugs. And I just see this pig kind of flopping around in the oh, background, no. and she's like, they're not going down with our sedation. <laughs> they're being really fresh. And I was like oh my god, what is happening, what is happening, what is happening? And then I have students with me, and they're turning and be like, what do we do? And that it's just like, let's let's keep going. Yeah, let's go back to the school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, can we turn around? Um, and so <laughs> uh, it just seemed like chaos already, and instead of like regrouping to get a game plan, we just jumped into oh, the chaos. Boy. Yeah. And so we're just like drawing up drugs, and, like, going to sedate more pigs, and I was with a student, and we, I was like, all right, I will bend down and, and restrain the pig if you want to inject um, the sedation, and so she was like, yeah, let's do that, and so I bend down to grab the pig, and the crotch of my pants just instantly bliss. <laughs> <laughs> so I just am like, underwear out. <laughs> For the world, it's not like a small rip. It was like a catastrophic failure of <laughs> my pants, <laughs> and and so I'm just like, all right, let's just keep going, because <laughs> like, a student like witnessed this happen. <laughs> I was like, I've got the pig restrained. Just go ahead and give the sedation. And to her credit, she did just go get like give the the sedation, and then. We stood up and <laughs> walked away while it was working. Luckily, we did bring some coveralls with us, oh, and so I, I shimmied into some of those, so my bits weren't exposed <laughs> for the world to see. But um, that was, like, again, kind of traumatizing. And then it just kept going downhill from there. Like, something happened during surgery with one of the surgeries and then the owner got upset about it. Oh yeah. And then the owner's husband came home and wanted to fight everyone. Uh, and it, it just went, continued to just keep going downhill Yeah. where we ended up euthanizing this pig and cause they couldn't afford for us to take it to like in house to treat like, the complication from surgery, mm -hmm. and so then the owner was doubly pissed about that. And then one of the students, like, went into their house to, like, try to talk the owner down without Oh, no. Us. And so finally... Don't do that. Eventually, we just was like, all right, we're going to leave. <laughs> We've done our best. <laughs> and then we leave. And so, yeah, that was my first week. Yikes. Yeah. And it just has all gone downhill from there. I can see why maybe you aren't thrilled when you see a pet pig on the schedule then. But now 
that we see less pigs at the current workplace. Um, I think I think my heart is warming back up mm-hmm. to them because they are pretty cute at times. They're adorable. I just I love pigs because I think they're so different than every other animal. And I just I I could just watch them all day. I love pigs. I love pigs. They're very interesting, and they provide for really good medicine cases mm-hmm. if they have money to help to pay for those up, treatments. Because yeah. again, they're very hard to work up right. because they hide a lot of things, and then they won't let you get any sort of sample from them. <laughs> so uh, they're 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 interesting cases. And they're interesting creatures. Yeah, for sure. Were a pain in my butt for a while, but. Pickles was very cute. Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about what brought Pickles in? It's a real medical mystery. It was a real medical mystery. And this was another thing, like the reason why she came in and also why I was frustrated. It was people get all these pigs and then trust whatever resource they find, which is probably the quote-unquote breeder that they got them from or just wherever, like, website they found them. And a lot of people think Micropigs.net. That, yeah, micropigs.net is that website that you set up to sell <laughs> mini pigs. Um, so a lot of people hear micropig or mini pig and are expecting a little 15, 20 pound pig and it not to get any bigger than that. And so when they get this piglet, they think that's as big as it's going to get. And in reality, though, these, these pot belly pigs can have got up to over a hundred pounds and then if it's like an actual production pig they can get even bigger than that yeah and so people don't realize that and they just keep growing and so they keep feeding them and they keep growing even more (laughs) and so soon they're stuck with this massive thing in their house and sometimes so like pigs in in general are like a very hierarchical like society or just like when you put them in a group, they have a hierarchy. Yeah. And so that's a problem with pet pigs, too, is that you have to constantly let them know that you are the top pig in this situation. I so am the top pig. I am the top pig. And you have to, like, out-eat them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, if they do something bad and you let them get away with it, mm-hmm. they then think they're top dog, yeah. top pig. And they will then know that they can take advantage of you. And there are situations where it's like, this pig needs to be removed from this household because it does not respect you at all. because you are the bottom pig. You are the bottom pig in this situation. So my boss talks about, like, ways to to be top pig. If they do something, you literally have to, like, chase them out of the room and, like, push them out of the way. Yeah. And again, some of these are... 200 pounds. Right. And so, yeah, pigs are a lot bigger, I think, than people realize. Yeah. And so that's what Pickles was coming in for, was this lady thought she was just going to get a... I think she believed it was going to be only 40 pounds yeah. when it was fully grown. And Pickles was like three months old and 40 pounds. And so um, she had... Not looking good. She had a real uh, rude awakening <laughs> when Dr. Tyler had to be like, yeah, so uh, the only way to keep them that small is if you don't feed them. <laughs> so then they had to go over diet with them. Mm-hmm. It seemed like Pickles was getting a very like well balanced diet, getting a lot yeah. of vegetables. Her or his owner, I guess, sounded uh, very invested. I do feel like the owner was disappointed that Pickles was going to be bigger than 
she had believed, but I think she was definitely, you know, committed to that little pig. He's pretty cute. And if you look at his face, his He's face is really pretty cute. cute. <laughs> um, but he was getting cucumbers the whole time, oh I believe. Um, and then just screaming as soon as anyone touched oh, him. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be anywhere near him. <laughs> but my note said, actually, I guess this this is what she thought he'd weigh. <laughs> my note says, lols. She thought he'd only be 16 to 18 pounds. (laughs) And that's pigs. All right. I guess we've really whittled it down, and now we have to talk about kind of the more upsetting case of the episode. Czar. Yeah. It was kind of the most upsetting case. Yeah. It just gave me, like, sad belly the whole time. For, like, multiple reasons. Yeah. But, um... Zar was a giant schnauzer. So cute. That apparently I... can't say schnauzer. <laughs> schnauzer. Snau- schnauzer. I love schnauzers. I do too. I, I really I agree like with you. them. I like the big ones, but I think yeah. they're just very like regal. Yeah. And he was really, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, but he was owned, I think the owner's name was Vondell. Mm-hmm. And he was a veteran who had been deployed several times and so I think he got Zar as like a almost service I think it was a, he was a service animal right, as right. far as um, providing emotional support and he was just going into this story about how much Zar meant to him and how much he's helped him coming back from the war and yeah. as soon as I'm hearing that story I'm just like oh no oh no oh no oh, no. no this is this gonna be is... so bad yeah and so Zar came in because he too also had a butt lump. A butt lump because again, the theme of the episode is butt stuff. Dr. Tyler was the one seeing this case. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she got the the story beforehand and so she knew it was going to be bad already here in the background, but it almost seemed instantly when she went in the room, she was very concerned yeah about the lump on Zar's butt. I knew she knew that he meant a lot to her. He meant a lot to the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that added to this case. But basically she was worried. So something we didn't talk about earlier when we were first talking about the other butt lump. But there are some pretty wicked cancers that are associated uh, with the rectum and, mm-hmm. and anything in that area. And so um, it can be really bad. And so she was very concerned about that. And... Talked about. Well, sorry to cut you off, but because Zar was older too. I mean, I think he was eight or ten, and with a large dog that size, and you see a lump, and it was a pretty, again, kind of just like not a nice, clean, smooth lump on his butt, but it was a pretty angry looking one. And I think it came in pretty fast too. Yeah, yeah. So it was all, I mean, pretty much like checking all of the boxes for something being uh, a bad outcome, but. She did do a good job working it out. Yeah, but during the workup, she kind of, like, fell apart and really took this really hard and hadn't had any of the diagnostics back, but I think right. just knowing how important this dog mm-hmm. was to this owner, what the possibilities could be, and, like, the likelihood of it being bad, she just seemed to really take it hard. Right. And I wonder, now that we're talking about this, if she... Because I felt like her interaction with the owner that they actually showed 
was sort of awkward and felt very, like, one-sided. Like, she was very invested. And not to say that he wasn't invested in his pet, but just that, like, in the conversation. So I wonder if maybe there was more that we just didn't see and maybe they had actually had, like, a deeper conversation off camera. Yeah, that has to be true. Because like you were saying, it did seem like she was basically crying to him in the Mm -hmm. room and he was just like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, processing things. Right, but right. He, yeah, he wasn't really talking all that much or... or yeah. I mean, he a, looked upset, but yeah. just not... It, it was just sort of an awkward uh, interaction, I thought, to watch. Yeah. I think... So, I've been kind of wanting to avoid talking about the subject, but I think this is probably a good time to, like, tie into um some of like the terrible things that have happened in the veterinary community this past week yeah yeah for this is definitely the segue if there ever was one Uh, in one of these shows yeah um so just like yeah showing how hard this this job is Mm -hmm. um i think they did a a good job as far as showing veterinarians have these reactions Mm -hmm. but um this past couple weeks I think it was last week actually but um we lost three veterinarians to suicide all in a week's period yeah yeah that just it never really stops being shocking I feel like when you hear about it so and it's just it's like with each one you obviously because the vet med community is pretty small so you always are like friend of a friend and it's just terrifying to think like could that you know, move into my immediate circle at some point because it's just so rampant in the community. It's awful. I don't even know where to, like, begin with this. Yeah. I mean, so just in general, like, the profession uh, has, like, proven that they have higher suicide rates Mm -hmm. than any other profession. Um, I don't have any of the data, but I think men in our profession are 2.5 times more likely to commit suicide than um, men outside of the profession. And I think women are up to, like, three or four times more likely Yeah. Um, to commit suicide. Um, and so that has many compounding factors on top of it. And um, I don't think we're going to do this subject very much justice. Right. Um, especially if we're trying to hit all the details. But I think a lot of it comes from just compassion fatigue, which we've mm-hmm. talked about a lot, and and having to deal with people's attachments to pets and knowing that these animals are loved. Right. And then how do you tell people day in, day out that their, their loved one has cancer, mm-hmm. that they're going to have to euthanize their pet? On top of that, too, of of knowing that something has like a, a quote unquote treatable or curable disease, Mm -hmm. but that the owner doesn't have funding enough to pay for it, or there's just not like a good treatment plan for them. Right. All meanwhile, you know, in the next room over is a client that's pissed off that they had to wait 20 extra minutes for their healthy animal to get a vaccine so it's, yeah, just, I think, a lot of things compounding on each other and kind of pulling your emotions in 10 different directions. So you're, it's, I think it's really hard for people to kind of fully process everything. And when you don't 
get to go through that full process with your emotions, then it just, I don't know, eats you up, I guess. Yeah, and I think think we're doing a better job at this, or realizing this, but I think for a long time we were expected to act one way and not mm-hmm. have emotions or not expected to, like, let this react or, like, cause an emotional reaction to yeah. us. and. We're expected to be the stoic figure that was unshakable and unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's just not the case as it's been proven. Right. Right. Time and time again. The fact is, is depression is rampant within our profession. Yeah. And, um, you never truly know what people are going through. Um, and being a veterinarian is hard. Mm-hmm. And there's especially like taxing events that happen in our profession um, on a daily basis. And then the fact that we have access to controlled drugs. Right, yeah. To, I think, definitely plays a factor. Yeah, very much. I mean, I think, I feel like this recent, you know, the recent couple of weeks where we've lost three people, like in pretty rapid succession, has shaken everyone up a bit more. I mean, this is something that I feel like for the past, I don't know, five years has been kind of a a big topic in vet med, but it's sort of one of those things that comes in waves where it's, you know, sort of talked about and then everybody sort of pushes it onto the back burner and then we have these tragic losses and I, I hope that this was a big enough wake up call to at least get people to realize that like, we need to be talking to each other and you just never know who it could be and who's struggling and that you know just even the people that you feel like are are crushing it and doing so well and like you wish that you could be in their position you don't know how they're actually feeling we don't need a goddamn pizza party yeah yeah (laughs) i feel like that's a big dissociation Mm -hmm. is like we need to do something about it and then the higher ups are like, How about yoga in the park? And right. Like, no. Yeah, no. How about we hire more people Yeah. To relieve some of the stress that we're yeah. under? How about these other actionable items? And I think there's not a perfect answer for it, but I think like you're saying, we haven't what we're doing is not working. Right. And so we do need to keep talking about it and not letting that keep lapsing and waxing and waning um and really checking in on people i mean it's especially true right now with the pandemic Mm -hmm. that the whole world is going through something right now and so i think a lot of people are afraid to add or compound or feel like they are adding to Mm -hmm. anyone else's stress but that's wholeheartedly not true like people are there to listen yeah and Like, yes, everyone's going through something, but I can guarantee that people would rather there listen Mm -hmm. to your story or just be there for you now than feel like they could have done something later. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that, I mean, I think within my circle, hopefully people realize that I'm available to talk, but I feel like I, you know now feel like I need to make more of an effort of making sure that that's known and that I just do a better job because we're all exhausted at the end of the day, but maybe just take 
a minute to text someone and just say like, hey, just thinking of you. You know, you don't even have to delve into some deep conversation, but just kind of like crack open the door so that maybe that's just the little reach that they need to feel like they can talk to you about whatever they're dealing with. So I'm going to try and do better. I hope that everyone else kind of does the same. Yeah. I don't think it is good enough just to say that you're available. I think yeah. I think what you're saying is you need to let people know yeah. and like just check in. Right, right. Yeah, it's what I mean, I think, you know, we've all and and I'm not like trying to knock what anyone has done. I mean, I think any little bit, but you know, it's one thing to kind of say like, "Hey, reach out if you need me." But if someone's really going through something, they don't have the energy to reach out. Like, you you have to go to them. So, and not to, like, blame anyone for not reaching out to people that, you know, have struggled with things. But I just think, you know, you don't realize how drained and exhausted and totally done people are yeah. when they reach that point. So. And I think this is what also makes the conversation so much harder, too, is, like, if you say one thing... It sounds like you're victim blaming. Mm-hmm. But if you go in another direction, it sounds like you're blaming everyone else right, around them. Right. And there's just no good answer. Suicide yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. And it, it hurts everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's no great answers to it. Um, yeah. But um, as someone who's, like, struggled with depression yeah. at times, like, I know people are always, like, surprised because I try to be like one way at work and, mm-hmm. and try to be on and try to be happy and um just try not to let like what I'm going through emotionally affect right. like how my work is and so right. I think a lot of people do that and put on like a front and so yeah. it's often those times that you least expect it or right. whatnot that exactly. um people are actually truly struggling and so yeah I don't know where I'm going with this um but it 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 just it's hard I don't I like obviously we don't have a yeah I mean I think there isn't an answer you know there's like not one thing that we can do and it's gonna fix all of it but I just think it takes instead of instead of just talking about what can we do as a group because that's kind of one side of the issue I think the most important thing is just like everyone reach out to the people in your life that you care about and maybe that friend who you thought like oh I haven't talked with so-and-so in so long and you know I I think about them all the time well just like take the two seconds to text them and say or call or what you know whatever it is just do something and I, I think you know it's you might not save the day by saying like hey I saw this picture and it made me think of you but honestly it it might like that could be enough for that person to then feel like they kind of have that opening to to start a a deeper conversation so I mean I think if it's something that keeps you up at night that you're worried about your friends in this profession or your friends in any aspect of life because again this past year I think has been hard on everyone then just reach out to someone do something nice for someone in your life and you know, I feel like that's really the best thing that we can all do. That's that's all I've got. That was beautiful, okay. <laughs> I agree. Just, I think Matt said it, our friend Matt mm-hmm. said it really beautifully in a poem that I'm not 
He says everything. And he beautifully. says it so beautifully, but um, he he wrote a, a lovely poem about a terrible subject, mm-hmm. um, and the TLDR of it is just like what you were saying: check in, yeah, reach out, and we all if we all take care of each other mm-hmm. and and are there for each other, then yeah, hopefully. And again, it just sounds like we're blaming people around everyone else. Depression is a son of a bitch. And it can, even if people have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even if everyone in the situation is doing everything right, sometimes it's not enough. But it's something. It It might, and it might be enough in some cases, so... Well, the good news is Zara was okay, mm-hmm. and I believe Dr. Tyler was okay. She was, and I think I do just want to give her props for not hiding that from the show. I mean, I think that was really important for everyone to see, and, and maybe, you know, the general public watching that show might not realize how important that was, but I, I think I really appreciate that she you know, let herself feel what she was feeling. And, you know, she maintained professionalism, but she, you know, didn't hide or kind of, like, push down what she was dealing with, so. I thought it was kind of cute, too. Like, she went to go try to find her husband. (laughs) To kind of talk it out. Which is, have you ever had this thought of, like, I mean, obviously Dylan isn't in the veterinary field, but, like, what it would truly to be like working with your significant other yeah most of the time i would think it sounds awful (laughs) (laughs) but in this particular circumstance it might be nice i know yeah that's i i was thinking like oh wow that would be so nice if you were just having like this terrible case to deal with that you have you know sort of your your spouse there to help you through it but and they i was very impressed i mean uh, who knows what we're not seeing but like their relationship on tv seems great like they you know not that we didn't kind of catch glimpses maybe of them being like what are you doing (laughs) but just I feel like they were very supportive of each other and they let each other do their own thing but like touched base and like oh I know you know a lot about derm stuff so like help me with the derm aspects of this case and so I I thought it was great I was very impressed yeah I liked yeah like, they each had their own strengths. And yeah. so, like, you do this while I do this. And yeah. It seemed nice. And obviously, I mean, they have, like, at least two kids, so... Yeah. I think they had more, but they only featured two. <laughs> only two signed the, yeah, dis- the, the waiver. The disclosure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they seemed like they didn't want to murder each other. Yeah. I, I also feel like I, I ran into this problem, like... With classmates and stuff like that, if you're with someone 24 hours a day, Mm -hmm. you're like, what do we even talk about at this point? I feel like sometimes I struggle trying to figure out what to talk to you about. (laughs) If we see see each other too often during the week, I'm like, we're not going to have anything to talk about in the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. I guess... I need to get more hobbies, but it, it does make me wonder, like, do they only talk about that stuff? But they also, I feel like because they have kids, then I, I think that ropes in a lot of new conversation topics. Maybe that's why they had kids. Yeah, they were, like, they were oh. like, we have nothing else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some babies so we can talk about them. <laughs> and that's how parenting works. Yes. Come back for more parenting tips. Follow us on our 
parenting blog. I think Zarg's a good kind of ending point, but I will be like remiss. I don't even know if I'm using that term correctly. My brain is fried now. It's too late to be doing this, Katie. <laughs> uh, the cat that they brought in, the stray, they named Tux. Yes. And one of my best friends, Mary, also has a black and white cat named Tux. So I feel obligated to call her out and say, shout out, Mary. I don't think she listens to the podcast. Mary, while I will let you have this shout out, I do also think that like every black and white animal ever is named Tux. She did not name Tux. They adopted and (laughs) Tux already had her name. So. Yeah, it is actually, I do think that's a cute name for a cat. And it was very, this kitten was very cute. It was cute. The last thing I want to talk about, which you didn't. Um, address in any of your text but they cut to at one point the other clinic because one of the technicians dogs had a bug in its ear. I forgot about this yes. And another doctor horrifying took care of it and I'm not even bothered by this bug in the ear thing. What was the most distracting and unaddressed thing is this doctor's name is Dr. Stacy Stacy. And no one... What? No one acted like that was a weird name or out of the ordinary. I need to go back and watch it again, I think. I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> it pulled it up and literally says, like, under her little interview, Dr. Stacy Stacy. I... Spelled exactly the same I way. I bet that that was whoever was in charge of putting her name in. <laughs> no... I think I saw... Because I was like, no, that can't be true. I think it's on her scrub tops, too. Stacy, Stacy. Stacy, Stacy. No way. We'll crop this in <laughs> or edit this out later if I am wrong, but... We're going to watch the episode again right now. Right now. Stop. Stacy, Stacy. No one said I a hope word. that's not really her name. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a she got married into the last name yeah. Stacy or her parents were just... Wanting to punish yeah. her. <laughs> Interesting. Stacy, Stacy. Yeah, that bug in the ear. I kind of forgotten about that. That was kind of weird. Yeah. I didn't think for sure. I thought they were being dramatic. But nope, they pulled out an actual bug yeah. from that dog's ear. Yeah. What a way to end the episode. I think that kind of sums up the episode. Or we've, so. we've gotten through most of it, the most exciting parts yeah. of it. Yeah, and I think we really did a good job of um, really illustrating the episode for our listeners and not at all just jumping randomly from case <laughs> to case. Yeah, I, I think we nailed it once again. <laughs> all right, so I think we've covered a majority of the episode. Um, again, seamlessly went through every case, every detail of the, the episode... Just nailing it. Yeah. I don't know what... Yeah, I don't know what else we could do um, other than maybe we could talk about our highs and lows. So what's a... What was your high moment in the show? I think I have to say because I was so upset about the situation, the high was definitely that Zar's tumor appeared to just be a lipoma. That was... A lot of relief for me so very thankful for that outcome and as far as lows go I don't know that I really have a low from this episode I mean 
I was upset about the czar case, but then it ended in a happy way. So I feel like I, you know, resolved those feelings. And otherwise, I just, I really enjoyed the way that they um, discussed each case. I mean, I, I feel like this show, we got a little bit more of kind of the medical side of things. So I enjoyed that as kind of a change of pace. And then they were, it was just like really fun to watch them interact together. So I'm gonna not pick a low. I think you kind of did pick a low as well, so I will say we can count Zara as your high and high low. High and my low. Oh, okay. All right. I'll double dip on Zara. Yeah. What about you? I was going to say, are you going to ask me? <laughs> no, this is all about me. I think my high was seeing that old lady feeding her strays. <laughs> <laughs> that that did bring me a lot of joy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my high is that old lady who feeds her strays. I just, something about her really brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> and so I'm going to claim that as my high. I think that's a good one for you. I'm going to take a cop out and also say that the czar case was my my low, too. It was a downer. It was. It was a downer. It almost made me just cry on our podcast. So, there's that. Did you have a patient of the week? Oh, I sure did. Who is that patient of the week? Most definitely pickles. One, because it was a pig and I adore pigs. But also, I've been on a kick lately of trying to compile a list of good uh, names for the next dog that I have, which is nowhere in the near future at all. I just am kind of always thinking about a great dog name. Um, and so I think Pickles might be added to the list because I think that's a really cute name. I did know a dog named Pickles growing up and it's very fitting for certain types of dogs. We had a patient come in named Pickle and it threw me off because it didn't have the S. You would have the S, right? Oh, yeah, I think I like Pickles. Yeah, for some reason a single Pickle, even though it's a single animal, just threw me off. I think Pickles. Mm Mm-hmm. Pickles. It needs to have the S. The other name that, well, maybe, do you want to just... Strudel. <laughs> oh, you already know. Did we you talk about You talked about, about last it time? the last Str- time we recorded. I'm telling you, not a lot happens in my life. <laughs> well, I'm going to add, I'm going to go ahead and add Pickles to the list. Proud of you. What was your I was going to say, well, <laughs> well, now that you won't ask me my patient of the week. What was your patient of the week? I think my patient of the week would have to continue this old lady stray <laughs> Yeah, you're obsessed. That I, I think maybe that's just my, like, idol, or what I will in the future become, um, would have to be the cat that she brought in, mainly because it was a black and white kitten, its name was Tux. It was super cute. Adorable. Okay. (laughs) Katie. Uh Uh-huh. Are you ready to wrap this bitch up? Yes. I'm very tired. Do you know the best way to do that? How? By scoring (laughs) every single detail in the episode. Perfect. I've already forgotten what our scoring system was from the last episode. So we're just going to make up our own criteria for this one and maybe just retrofit everything together it's a made-up award anyway um so shall we begin with the category of co-workers and clients this is the overall thought of 
who they work with, who they work for, Mm -hmm. the overall vibe that you're getting. Yes. I'm going to give coworkers and clients. Yeah. It's not separate. We can't separate. (laughs) Well, I'm a little torn because I do feel like there is really some great co-worker interactions. I thought everyone looked like they were just kind of having fun. They were happy. But then the clients, that's hard because they some of their cases were just upsetting. I'm going to give it an eight. Okay. Do I have to back that up with anything? No, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm glad we actually came up with this category right on the spot because it's reminded me of something that we haven't actually talked about. Oh, no. And that is that there are many people of color on this episode, which is so refreshing yeah, to see awesome to in see. veterinary medicine because, mm-hmm. goddamn it, we are so old, pale, male, and frail, <laughs> I think is the, the, the saying goes in veterinary medicine. It's just a bunch of old white dudes. Yeah. Um... Or white ladies, and uh, there's so much more to vet med than yeah. that. And yeah. So, I think that was also a very refreshing thing to see on. Definitely, yeah. They, I'm glad that they are spotlighting, you know, this clinic that is doing a really, really great job of, you know, employing and um, in- including a, a di- diverse group in veterinary medicine. So great to see that kind of promoted. In the television world. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. And I know they have other television shows, too, that try to highlight uh, more diverse mm-hmm. populations as well, too, which is good. And I'm sure we'll cover those, too. Yeah, but definitely. I feel bad that we didn't already <laughs> mention that before. <laughs> I will go similar to you on this co-works and clients category. I'm going to go with a seven. <gasps> I know. It's different. <laughs> But that is only because Dr. Stacy Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't do that. <laughs> I just, I, there's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. And it just leaves me at a cliffhanger. Leaves me wanting more. <laughs> I think you would be upset if we didn't include this category of aseptic technique. Ooh. Because I think it really does. It's the one of the truly only categories that separates these shows. Yeah. Because we see such a wide range in it. Uh, astonishing variety across these shows. I, now, again, it's been a couple weeks since I watched this episode. There was a lot of butt lump touching with bare hands. However, when they were actually doing surgical procedures, it appeared that Things were all in order. I think I'm going to give it a 8.5. It's one of my new pet peeves. <laughs> Just letting you know. We came up with a 10-point scale. We don't need to make it a 20-point scale by adding <laughs> half-point scores. Listen, I just want to be difficult. The people doing a retrospective study on this and trying to get data from me so gonna thrown be off. Yeah. We didn't even factor that in. And I will give them a nine. Wow. Yeah. Really, truly breathtaking. Yeah. I can see a nine. I mean, you can round me. Round no, no, we're going with your 8.5. Our next category is overall patient cuteness. 
What did you get the vibe from their patients that they're seeing? Well. Who's hot and who's not? <laughs> uh, obviously, Pickles was. Hot. Way up there in adorableness. But then the bug in the ear dog kind of brought it down. I'm I'm sorry if this offends anyone, but I am just not really like it was sort of a beagly type dog. Just not my style. Um Czar brought it up, Tux brought it up. But that first butt lump dog was pretty scraggly looking. <laughs> I think I'm going to give this a 7 overall. I have to say there wasn't a patient that made me like gasp at how cute it was, which I think has happened in some of the previous shows we've watched. So I'm going to stick with a 7. Okay. You didn't even, Pickles didn't even make you chuckle? Or not chuckle? Um, I mean, I thought he was very cute, but... He didn't gasp. I don't think I gasped. No. Didn't lack that wow factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give this a, a a lower score too, just because there were a lot of gross butt lumps, <laughs> and was not. I guess part of it, we. I mean, there was the kitten case, but we didn't really see any puppies. Usually, they throw a puppy or two in there to kind of reel everybody in. But you know what they did. They put a, a mangy-looking chihuahua named Dumbledore in instead, <laughs> um, which we didn't even get to cover because mm-hmm. neither of us could really remember him. Um, so I'm giving them a five. Oh wow! We have to get we got to get tough on these. You're these shows. brutal. Yeah. Our last but not least category is overall entertainment. Overall. Eighty. How entertained were you with this show? Be honest. So, this is an an interesting one because I did really like it. I want to watch more of it. But I will say I think I was less captivated than, say, Dr. Jeff. I think that's really a good thing in this case, though, because... It was because they weren't doing anything that horrified me. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of base this more off of the fact that I do want to keep watching this show. So I'm going to say eight for overall entertainment value. I will also give them an eight. I loved them. They're I, great. I want more of just their interactions. I like their interactions. I even like their awkward family time. <laughs> I just loved everything about yeah. them. And That's I liked cool. the vibe that they were putting out to their clients and community. They're yeah, even definitely. like putting that love out there to their clients. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. It seemed like a very good place to work and I was entertained. I was sad to only see that there were three episodes, but like you said, I think it's under another name now, so... I do think there might be more. I, I will maybe, probably not look it up on the internet later. <laughs> but we might cover them later. Yeah. In the future, years into podcasting, when we're making profits... If we even make it to episode five. <laughs> we might be canceled after this episode. I think that's all we have. 
this really consumed every last brain cell that I Yeah, let's never <laughs> record this late at night again. Ladies and gentlemen, it is also only like 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, by is... this late we mean we started at 8 p.m. It uh, feels like it is at least 3 a.m. Yeah. All right, well... I hope you all made it to this point in the episode. Yeah, I don't know why we ever pretend like people get this far. But thank you all for listening. We have had people reach out to us, and that always makes me feel good. Yeah, I had a a former student email us a suggestion for a show we might watch. Uh, They did start the email with, if you all are still doing this show. (laughs) (laughs) So I think they have a lot of faith in us as well. Reasonable expectation. And then, of course, I, I told Rachel I would shout her out. She's one of our first Instagram followers. And so thank you, Rachel Bradford. You the real MVP. Um, Follow her at... (laughs) I don't think she wants me to actually do that, (laughs) so I won't. But Rachel, let me know if you want me to do that. We'll have... You may get one to two more followers on Instagram. Like, not to brag. As you all know, every episode we try to highlight a different organization or resource available for our listeners. And so... This week, in light of our conversation earlier, we decided to highlight the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So this is the organization with the suicide hotline. Um, So that is the 1-800-273-8255. They also have a really great website. Their website is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. They have a lot of resources out there for both for anyone struggling with suicidal ideations or... Um, those who just want to have the resources at hand to be able to to help those struggling. And so, um, again, their website is suicidepreventionlifeline.org and their phone number is 1-800-273-8255. And so, um, if there is anyone struggling, um, please, please, please reach out to this organization. Um, Anything else that you want to shout out? Nope. Nope. Okay. Good, 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 good. (laughs) Well, as always, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on any of your podcast listening platforms. You can email us at dvmtpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at dvmtpod. Again, huge thank you for everyone that's listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you for... Making our dreams come true. Making our dreams come true. All right, Katie, are you ready to leave? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye.